Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. We're back with another episode of the Brick House podcast after a brief hiatus. Happy to see you again, Matt. I'm oh, Bob Johnson. Oh, Bob, always a pleasure. I'm Matt Baker. Are we reintroducing ourselves to each other? Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> how was how was your brief hiatus? You went to Palm Springs for a wedding. I went to Palm Springs for a wedding. It was a great time. It was only 95 degrees. Oh man, you got off easy. I got to pet a hedgehog. The wedding was at a zoo in Palm Springs. A hedgehog zoo. There was it was there was a hedgehog, a porcupine, a tortoise, uh, a singing dog of sorts. The dog sung "Happy Birthday." I mean, that's its only song. That, <laughs> you know, they're they're working on "Here Comes the Bride." Wait, so you're telling me I should be impressed by the dog that only sings one song? It's pretty impressive. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. But yeah, now that we're back, we are here with our fiftieth episode of the Brick House Man. podcast. Still haven't been canceled, so. Oh, I'm still waiting for that email that you send to both of us telling that we've been canceled. In the past two weeks, there was a uh, there was a Laker who did something pretty sneaky that people are talking about. Ooh. Talking, of course, about Marcelo Huertas. Oh, man. Yeah, I think we all heard this story. He, I turned on a Lakers game the other day, and he the moment I turn it on, the Miami Heat are inbounding the ball. And Huertas hides behind Coach Spolstra on the Heat bench. He's hiding behind him while they're inbounding the ball, I think, to Dragic. And Dragic starts dribbling the ball up the court. Huertas runs from behind Spolstra, where this guy never saw him coming, and steals the ball. Whoa. It was hilarious. It It reminded me of something Jason Kidd would do. You know, very heady play. You know, technically... Not illegal, but it probably should be. Wow, what a sneakster. Yeah, Marcelo Huertas. That's the most sneakiest thing any Lakers player has ever done. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't heard about any other things Lakers have done. Um, Another sneak move was uh, Andre Iguodala and the Warriors pulling a prank on Festus Azili for April Fool's Day. Or maybe it was for... uh, Robin and Brooke Lopez's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's their birthday? That's their birthday. Amazing. April Fool's Day. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Why, Why so, would I think otherwise? So for Azili, Iguodala did, uh, did something with Lyft. You know, he's a, he's a Silicon Valley investor. and Lyft is a, a rideshare app, probably founded in Silicon Valley. I'm just speculating. Sure, most likely. So they did a thing where... Azili's getting a ride to practice or wherever, some sort of function, and he's getting a lift, and the lift driver plays a fake radio broadcast. Probably sounds similar to this. A couple of white guys talking back and forth and just, can yeah. you believe the news, man? Festus Azili yeah. is being cut by the Golden State Warriors. And it, just Dave, that Dave moment. Dave Chappelle's impression of a white person. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, just that moment, all of his teammates and even Coach Kerr are texting him. Uh, Clay Thompson said something like, it's been a pleasure to work with you, which later Azealia is just like, why the fuck would he say it's been a pleasure to work with me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, after five years of knowing this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, it's been a pleasure working with you. Later. Yeah. So let's say in a few years, the Warriors really do want to cut Azili. How do they do that for real then? Yeah. Like it, it yeah, kind of, all right. Nice try. Yeah. Guys. Like it, it kind of gives Azili a step up on the not getting cut ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, if they or even trade. So he's basically a warrior for life at this point. Cause yeah, you can't he's probably yeah. get a $75 million contract yeah. this summer. Oh, that's really good. Uh, you pointed out that um, DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo were doing some stuff in synchronicity this mm-hmm. past week. Mm-hmm. They got simultaneous technical fouls for both sarcastically clapping in a referee's face. Yeah, that was really good. It's good to see they're doing something as a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime Rondo and Cousins can be on the same page. The story that I've really wanted to follow since we spoke last was how is Shaq going to treat Dwight Howard on his TNT broadcast now that they share the same agent and the same superhero nickname, right? Superman. Yeah. There's been two TNT Rockets games in the past two weeks, and Shaq has the skeleton crew of uh, Isaiah oh, yeah. Thomas, Lisa Leslie, and a rotating white guy to um, replace Ernie Johnson. Since the guys are all doing March Madness. Oh, yeah. It's like Matt uh, Matt Weiner or something. Yeah, there's been a couple of different ones. But, yeah, in the last game, Shaq is not only not dogging on Dwight, but in the last game he said Dwight was going to do so well that if he didn't get 19 points and 8 rebounds, Shaq was so confident he would get those stats that if he didn't get those stats, he would do the second game in his underwear. Okay. And which was, a, you know, it's a good supportive statement, I suppose. I a lot of different ways you can support Dwight Howard, but right. uh, this is the way that Shaq chose. Okay, how'd that go? It was really strange because Dwight did not get those numbers. Shaq didn't dog him, and then Isaiah Thomas, Lisa Leslie, and Matt Weiner, whoever it is, all chase Shaq around the studio to take his pants off. Shaq even like dove over a couch. They took it. They took his pants off. Then the guy, the white host, is put his pants around his neck like a big uh, scarf. Yeah, and was wearing them. Shaq's sounds real weird. Walking around in his boxers. Yeah, talking about how Dwight didn't even let him down though. Shaq is naked from the waist down. Yeah, and he's still saying Dwight Howard is a good big man. Wow. That wow. This is a. We're turning a corner in the Shaq-Dwight Howard relationship. Yeah. Speaking of players naked from the waist down, uh, I saw Blake Griffin on Broad City. Yes. And recommended that you see it. Yeah, you, I, you told me to watch it, and I watched it last night. Uh, it was... <laughs> I think I texted you, what are you making me watch, Johnson? <laughs> there was that good scene where they talk about how the WNBA, they talk about the WNBA, and Blake says, yeah, I steal moves from them all the time. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Pretty hilarious. Yeah. I told you, though, that it's my, my suspicion that he did this cameo. One, because he likes comedy. You know, during the NBA lockout, mm-hmm. he interned at Funny or Die. He probably likes the show Broad City. But 
today while we're filming or uh, yeah, filming this podcast, recording this podcast. In a couple of hours, he's set to play his first game in 45 games. Whoa. That he's uh, he's missed for a quad injury that happened on Christmas Day, followed by a broken hand injury that happened on Matthias Testi's face <laughs> in Toronto back in January. Yeah. So he's seen players booed in L.A. in the past week, and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be one of them, is my right. suspicion. Right. And so if you're going to try and live down punching a five foot two equipment manager in the face and come back and have your fans love you. I think this broad city extended cameo is a way to remind people of what is so lovable about Blake Griffin. Right. Yeah. And not only that, that he goes out on a limb being naked for five minutes. He's sort of saying, Hey, if you want to make fun of me, Here's something to make fun of me about. You know, yeah. Let's all forget about the breaking my hand on the dude's face. Yeah, please. yeah. Kind of like I said, eight miling himself. Yeah, taking the taking yeah, the ball like out that. of their hands. I like that phrase. Yeah. There's another power forward that's been trying to figure out something to do since he has been playing basketball. That's one Chris Bosh. Oh yeah, poor Chris <laughs> Bosh. He might have to. I don't say this as a joke. He might have to start thinking about his post basketball career sooner than he thought. Yeah. Well, according to Deadspin, he has started his career as a beer blogger. Ooh. With his first blog titled Best Beers for a Barbecue. Oh wow. He would he's from Texas, so they like their barbecue and all that. You must like his alliteration too. <laughs> here's a uh here's a little tidbit from Bosch's first beer blog post. Just be careful if you're eating and drinking outside. This is a a public service announcement yeah, from yeah, Chris yeah. Bosch. <laughs> After all, when you're thirsty and the sun is beating down on you, there's a good chance you're going to drink more than one beer. But throwing back porters and hoppy beers, any of those kinds with a higher alcohol content, can come with consequences. So watch out for that. Oh, man, what a guy. (laughs) What a guy. He proceeds to tell you all the beers to best pair with chicken or beef. Um there, he mostly likes the porters and the uh, the black IPAs. Oh, he does. Spoiler. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're more of a uh, pale. I like the pale ales yeah. and the hoppier, yeah. the hoppier beers. The session IPA is a particular choice for me. It's so more you're of a kind summer of summer beer, but so kind you, of summer all the time in LA. So you might you might learn a thing or two from Boster's because he likes the other the other stuff that you don't like, basically. I'm going to be reading anything Chris Bosch blogs about beer and barbecue. <laughs> or anything in general. <laughs> yeah, someone posted in the comments section of NBA Reddit a picture of a Velocity Rapture beer, which was a raptor like in a, uh, a, a stained glass window <laughs> sort of uh, pose. Proceed. Well, I have a couple of stats that I thought might surprise you, surprise me. The Kings... The Sacramento Kings have reached 30 wins this year, Matt. And you might think that's not that impressive. That's not that impressive, Bob. But they haven't had 30 wins since 2008. Oof. Okay. Just to remind you, it's 2016 yes. nowadays. Yes, yeah. <laughs> They came close. I'm looking here. The past three years, they had 29, 28, and 28. But this year... They're consistent. The roster, the last time the Kings won 30 games... Oh, yeah, please. They had... Uh, Brad Miller and Kevin Martin. Reggie Theus was the coach, I believe, right? Reggie Theus was the coach. They had Beno Udrich, John Salmons, 
Spencer Haas, Francisco Garcia, Ron Artest, and Sharif Abdurrahim. Wow. It's quite the roster. That is a 30-win roster right there, Bob. Wow. Uh, another stat that stood out to me, Derek Rose this season has played more games than the previous three seasons combined. Wow. So good to see good him out him. on the floor. Although it might not end up with the Bulls being in the playoffs this season. All of their players, for except Rose, apparently have had yeah. bad injury concerns this year. I saw a NBA Reddit uh, video posted that was deep thoughts with Zebo, oh, who man. is uh, Zach Randolph. Yes, in style of the uh, deep thoughts with Jack Handy from SNL. Here's the deep thoughts with Zebo. The contents of USA Today are really about the USA yesterday. <laughs> i thought that's oh great. man that's great you know the phoenix suns are not having the best season in uh, suns history no sure aren't but something on the bright side devin booker who's showing to be quite the uh the potential to be a future superstar oh yeah he's quite the he is a bright side yeah yeah he just passed Tracy McGrady for sixth most points by a teenager in NBA history. Uh, through 69 games, Booker now has 919 points wow. registered as a teenager. And he passed McGrady, who played 113 games as a teenager, almost twice as many, mm-hmm. with 909 points. Matt, I don't have a Brickhouse game show all set out for you today, but I thought... If anybody would know the five teenagers who have more teenage points than Devin Booker. <laughs> teenage points. It yeah. would be Matt Baker. Okay. Uh, do I have to do it in order? It's up to you. And order is <laughs> highly encouraged. I don't think I can do order. We'll say, uh, LeBron. LeBron. Numero uno. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Number five. So teenage points means as soon as they turn 20, even if it's in the middle of the season, the rest of the season doesn't count. Right. I, yeah, I take it that. Okay, so I have five. I want to say Carmelo, but I don't know when he turned 20. Carmelo's in there. Yeah. Carmelo's number three. 82 games, 1,725 points. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of points. That's a lot. <laughs> um, that's a, yeah, that's a lot for anybody. Um, so I have two more. Uh, Durant. Durant, correct. 80 games, 1,600 points. I have one more. Anthony Davis. He's a player who's being celebrated for his 20th year and oh, his Kobe. final year. Yeah. The Cobe. Oh, yeah. Cobe played 150 games, more than anybody as a teenager. Oh, wow. And scored 1,759 points. So who's number one on that? Uh, LeBron is number one. 108 games, 23-62 points. Wow. But, yeah, I was surprised to see Melo and KD make the list, yeah. having played one year in college for each of them. Right. But Booker, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think Booker turns 20 until um, March or so next year, so he has a, a chance to go pretty high up this list. October 30th, actually. October 30th? I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay, so he has one game next season, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe one game. <laughs> Just needs to score 500 points yeah. that game. 101, he needs to break Wilt's record. What's the deal with... Sometimes when I'm looking for something to talk about on Brickhouse, it comes 
faster than other times. Right. Sometimes you see something and you're just like, I don't know if we're going to have to have an entire episode about this alone. Yeah. This is one of those times, Matt. <laughs> Pretty much we decided to take our break, and within 48 hours I learned news that Adam Morrison, former Gonzaga star and NBA disappointment, yeah, has an apocalypse bunker stocked with canned goods, weapons, probably the entire collection of Saved by the Bell DVDs. <laughs> of course, you got to have something. You know, it's March Madness going on still down to the final game tomorrow. And Kyle Wilcher, is that how you pronounce yes, his name? Yes, Kyle Wilcher. He, uh, he was on Pardon My Take podcast and was talking about hearing what he's heard about Adam Morrison's bunker. He says the guy is fully equipped if there's an apocalypse. He's got everything stashed away. Everything. The whole reason it even came up is because the guy on the podcast asked him if he thought he were closer to Adam Morrison or Christian Leitner, if he had to be compared to somebody. And he just immediately takes offense to being compared to Adam Morrison because the guy is freaking crazy. Wilcher does. Wilcher does. Yeah. yeah. He says he hasn't seen this bunker personally, but he definitely believes it exists. If you ask him about anything political, it will not be a short answer. <laughs> and that is the reason he has this apocalypse bunker, is he is convinced <laughs> that something is going to happen politically where everything's going to go down. Oh, man. Matt, you're a big Gonzaga fan, and I thought maybe you would know. Were there any warning signs with Adam Morrison about this? I mean, he had the mustache. And in fact, I, I did some research about Morrison to see if there was any any uh, warning signs leading up to this. About the mustache, he said, one of my teammates dared me to play with a mustache all year, and we were joking back and forth, and it kind of grew an identity of its own. Yeah. <laughs> I have a T-shirt at the apartment that's like a silhouette of Morrison, uh -huh. just his face, but with the mustache. Really wispy. Yeah, I'll have to wear it. I'll have to bring it so you can see it. Well, I know he was always kind of a kook in uh -huh. in college. He when one of the games we went to, we went to Salt Lake City and watched him play. They played Xavier in the opening round of the tournament. And it was fairly close. They were I think the Zags were like a 3 seed. Okay. And it was it was, it was a little closer than it should have been, but at one point Gonzaga started to pull away and they fouled Morrison, and he grabbed the ball and just started banging his head against the basketball. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, which is super weird. He I, he was designing his apocalypse bunker while he was doing that. Yeah. I'm going to have like all of my beans on that wall. That's well, what. <laughs> well, there were always stories of him playing uh, Halo online with J.J. Redick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess he... You know, he took all that first-person shooter knowledge, and while other kids were having fun, he was using it as, as training for, yeah. <laughs> for the apocalypse. So, I don't know. I, I think just his whole being has kind of been a warning sign. Yeah. Here's here's a weird uh, little stat I found. It was from a 2000, April 2009 article by John Gustafson titled Freestyling. Morris and a couple of friends were watching a Gonzaga cable access show hosted by members of a rival dorm. Oh, no. One of the hosts unwisely challenged anybody from Adam's dorm to an on-air fight. <laughs> this is Adam's uh, freshman year. Quote, my buddy was like, I've got gloves upstairs. 
Morrison recounts. Then here's the, the quote from Adam Morrison. All three of us wanted to do it, so we Rochambeaued for it, and I won. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, are you familiar with Rochambeauing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you describe for our listeners who don't know what Rochambeauing is? Isn't it like a different form of paper, rock, scissors, kind of? With the fingers, with the numbers? I guess you could call it a different form of uh, rock, paper, scissors. From what I understand, Rochambeauing derives from a Russian game uh, to prove manliness by kicking each other in the balls and whoever doesn't flinch is the winner. Oh, that's the South Park. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's so hope the, that it was some sort of finger game like you're suggesting. Because <laughs> yeah, I just thought Adam Morrison was completely insane <laughs> and took the most hits to the balls before going out and fighting on air on cable access <laughs> that, TV. <laughs> that might be the way. Uh, that might be the way he did it. Yeah, so 20 minutes later, amid a crowd of 100 onlookers, it was on. Adam said the fight probably lasted 15 seconds. He won. <laughs> Yeah, he won. Yeah. He's like six foot eight. Yeah, and a, a wild man. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite Gonzaga players of all time, but he definitely is uh, the stuff of legend with all the with all the kookiness. Side note about Kyle Wiltshire. Uh-huh. He's been having fun this week on Twitter because uh, since Gonzaga lost last week and Wiltshire has no more college eligibility, mm-hmm. he's been posting pictures of him getting free lunches. in different places he also is going because he started at kentucky he won Uh a national championship with anthony davis so he's going he's doing a autograph tour through kentucky like a week long he's just going to different places signing autographs i don't know if he's getting paid for it but uh one one tragic thing he did say he was at fazoli's you know fazoli's like an italian place kind of fast food yeah in kentucky they had a bunch of them on the west coast but they all closed down he says, thank you, Fazoli's, for the food today. You should open up some stores on the West Coast, which, you know, it's tragic because I loved eating there. They had all these places on the West Coast, but they closed them down because people weren't going to them, I guess. But there you go, Kyle Wiltshire going around getting all the free food he probably got <laughs> in college but couldn't tell anyone. Wow. Adam Morrison has uh, diabetes. Yes. Two years before he got diabetes, his uh, family dog got diabetes. Oh, man. He really loved that dog. Which uh, he says his mom really thought was some sort of religious thing, that she believes the dog got diabetes because he was going to get it. It just sounds like the sort of stuff that you build an apocalypse bunker (laughs) for, you know? (laughs) That's the kind of of upbringing that one would have to build an apocalypse bunker. I was watching Walking Dead the other night, Bob, and I'm... uh... I'm pretty sure the zombies are coming. So yeah, I was watching this uh, true documentary called Walking Dead. Oh, that's good. That's a good Adam Morrison segment. You know, besides Marcelo Huertas, we really got to talk about. Uh, oh what's yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal with D'Angelo Russell? Oh yeah, there was another thing that happened on the Lakers. Making a little bit of news. It's like the Shaq and Kobe thing all over again. Yeah, uh, except. The Lakers are the worst team in the league this time. <laughs> guest of guest of the show, Kevin and I were talking about that. How we hadn't heard anybody really bring that up mm-hmm. in the media that was going on with Russell and Swaggy P was kind of like what was going on with Kobe and Shaq. 
I did hear on uh, Hoops Hype that one Lakers executive was asked if Russell has been humbled by the experience. His response was to laugh and say, that would take a lot. <laughs> who, who, asked, who said that? A Lakers executive. Oh, man. <laughs> so D'Angelo might be hanging his head a little bit, but apparently not humbled by the experience. He, The kid, I thought it was ridiculous that the Lakers fans early in the season like two games in, they were lamenting the fact they didn't take Jalil Okafor. Right. Remember? And we had talked about that on the podcast, how ridiculous that is. And then the kid about a month or two ago started playing really well, like really well on the list of 19 year old point guards who've yeah. done really well in the NBA doesn't even exist. Right. So, but he, he was playing great for, yeah. for turning around. And then this happens. It's been just the wackiest season for him. Just to briefly summarize, apparently this recording happened about three months ago. It looked like D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young are lying around in a hotel room, maybe on the road or something. Yeah. And Nick Young or uh, Russell is secretly recording with a video recording, Nick Young talking. And, you know, he's just asking him questions. Um, he asks him if he's ever uh, had a chance with Amber Rose. And Nick Young says, kind of brushes it off. You know, it's kind of talking like someone who's bragging and talking about stuff that probably not the way it really was. He says, oh, you know, I didn't get with Amber Rose because she's friends with my girl. Yeah. The girl being Iggy Azalea. Right. But then he talks about getting with a 19-year-old girl when he was 30. Uh, the problem with dating himself there and saying that he was 30 years old was he got engaged on his 30th birthday. So now this news gets out. Well, that's it's unclear how this made it to the Internet, and which is why his teammates are so upset with him that he would, A, secretly record it, and then put it on the Internet for everyone to see. Iggy Azalea has responded saying, you know, thanks, bro, for releasing these videos. Their marriage is, you know, potentially on the rocks now. Right. And everybody is chiming in. Chris Bosch between writing his beer barbecue blog, <laughs> tweeted, these bros ain't loyal. Yeah. Marcus Morris uh, came out and chimed in saying he'll probably never speak to D'Angelo Russell again. Which is a good thing for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, Antonio Davis had a long rant about how he was uh, breaking every guy code and that you know teammates are, are closer than friends. They're, they're brothers, and, right. and this goes against everything. I understand that, you know, you get jammed up, don't mention my name sort of stuff. Sure. And I understand the the players freezing them out, but the ex-players who are protesting so loudly about this, I wonder if they are married, you know, because it's sort of, if someone's going to be all up in arms and and say that the victim here is the guy who's cheating on his fiance. Uh-huh. Then doesn't that sort of like defending the cheater sort of make you guilty by association? You know, it's just like how dare he, you know, let right. this guy's fiance find out about the the infidelity. Yeah. Well, I guess it is a it is a slippery slope of it is kind of messed up that he would secretly record something like that, but also you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to like defend exactly. Nick Young's actions. Exactly. 
But apparently Nick Young has tried to bend. The Lakers have tried to trade him at the trade deadline and last year around the draft. Right. Uh, no takers. But he will he will definitely get shipped out this year. Does he? How many? What's his contract look like? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. It's one or two years left. About five or six million, I think. He's under contract for next season, and then he has a player option in 2017, 2018. So he has two more years, unless he opts out. The rumors now swirling around is is this going to make it hard for the Lakers to attract free agents? You know, Kobe Bryant has been the guy that no free agent has wanted to play with. Right. And now with him finally leaving, the Lakers feel like they would have a new opportunity to get some star players to the team. Yeah. One agent shot down the theory saying that uh, the Lakers will still have money and they're in L.A. I think it has. I think the draw of playing in L.A. has a lot to do with this video is the uh, women that live in L.A. There you go. You know, if you're young and a millionaire, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to live in a city that's just filled with beautiful people? Yeah, that's fair, I guess. I... Especially when you're in a situation where everyone's uh, helping protect you from... Uh, your infidelity, <laughs> mm-hmm. except your point guard. I th- honestly, I think in a year or so, if Russell starts playing fine, I'll be forgiven, and everything will. People will kind of forget about it. Oh, definitely. It, the best thing, like we said, like we said, that happened with Kobe, and then Kobe won a few more championships and set all the records and was good anyway. So people just kind of didn't care. The 30-win Sacramento Kings might have gotten a little too excited about their 30 wins because they just gave a contract extension to Vladi Divac. Oh, the and man, the man who wanted them to hire another person because he didn't know enough about <laughs> his job. Yeah, I had to go back to look just what sort of moves Divac made to warrant hiring or extending his contract yeah the same team that's gone through eight coaches in the past eight years is giving uh giving more years away to divok so back in march 3rd divok officially joined the front office may 1st chris mullen leaves the front office oh no he he left to coach his alma mater st john's june 12th pete d'alessandro leaves the front office his fate was really uh, written on the wall as soon as Divac got there. Right. He was the general manager, then got demoted uh, when Divac got there. He left to uh, join the Denver Nuggets uh, along with Mike Malone, former mm-hmm. both former Kings employees, migrated right. over there. So June 25th, the NBA draft, Vladi Divac selects Willie Cauley-Stein. Some players that were drafted right after Willie Cauley-Stein, Emmanuel Moutier. Yes. One of the 19-year-old point guards that's playing pretty well. Stanley Johnson, playing very well for the Detroit Pistons. Frank Kaminsky, who's okay. The Celtics also offered four draft picks for Frank Kaminsky, or for that ninth pick, so they could get the tenth pick, Justice Winslow. In fact, if you look at any of the Sacramento Kings lottery picks in the past five years, you could see like four or five superstars that went after the pick that they made. So on July 10th, Divock trades Jason Thompson, Carl Landry, Landry, Nick Stauskas, and picks to the 76ers just so they could free up free agent space to throw at Wes Matthews 
and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Rajon Rondo. Uh, the only guys who do end up signed are Rondo and then uh, Marco Bellinelli and Costa Kufos. Then he signs Omri Caspi. He signed Seth Curry, Quincy Acey, Karan Butler. And then in July 25th, offers his buddy Peja Stoyakovich a front office job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thing. Well, they got to get someone in here who possibly knows less than I do about running a front office. In uh, July 31st, he hired Nancy Lieberman as an assistant coach, right. which is a cool move. A famous, um, you know, well-regarded coach could be one of the fir- could be the first female head coach in the NBA potentially. And then August 31st, Divac was officially named the general manager. Not sure what he was all the way up to that yeah. point, uh, but he was making general manager I think moves. He he just walked in to visit the Kings facilities one day, and Ron Dive just said. Uh, Hey, do you want to be? Uh, you want to make some moves for us for a few for a few weeks, and then it turned into like a few months. And yeah. So on February sixth, the Kings leak plans to the media to fire George Carl, their seventh coach in eight seasons. Mm-hmm. And then on February sixteenth, Divac has lunch with George Carl, doesn't fire him even after the reports came out to fire him. But then the next day fires his assistant, Vance Wahlberg. Uh-huh. March 30th, Vladi gets a contract extension oh, with man. the Sacramento Kings. Between all those Bellinelli <laughs> signings and all the... What's your what's your question, Bob? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Um, 15 coaches are fired in the past 15 months in the NBA, and Vladi freaking Divac gets a contract extension. Maybe... Uh, I don't know, maybe they just want to promote uh, stability. At some point, you have to make a run at stability. They're settling for Vlade. I guess only time will tell. Well, let's get into our uh, our segment everyone wants to hear every week, the diss of the week. Yo mama is so fat. Told me, you told me one. It's, it's pretty much all centered around D'Angelo Russell. He was really trending on Twitter. Matt Barnes put his on uh, Instagram, actually. His uh, quote, Derek Fisher be like, what guy code did D'Angelo <laughs> Russell violate? That was really good. That was really good. And uh, you sent me one. What was it? The, the honey badger from uh, oh, your Arizona yeah. Cardinals. But he called him a corn dog. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll look it up here real quick. That was a really good one because Russell had like he tweeted something about oh being real, something like just that. being real. Oh yeah, D'Angelo tweeted, "Let's be real." And Tyron Matthews said, "You ain't real, no matter how much money you make. You a corn dog." <laughs> That's really good. On the next episode of Brick House. Well, we went. We made it through fifty episodes, Matt. Fifty episodes. On the next one, I think we might read the eulogy for the ninety-five, ninety-six Bulls' greatest record. Wow, greatest record in NBA history. That's coming. Twenty-year-long record. The Warriors can only lose one more game. I'm expecting Draymond Green is going to be doing. When they do break the record, he will do the bull dance. Doing the bull dance. Doing the bull dance. Feeling the flow. Working it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's see who do they have here. Who their final games? Uh, today they play. Today Sunday they play at home against Portland. They play at home against Minnesota. They play at home against San Antonio, at Memphis, at San Antonio, home against Memphis. Memphis is falling like a lead balloon. Oh yeah, they're they're currently on a five game losing streak. Yeah, I fear the the Blazers are going to make it into the playoff first round matchup with the Clippers. The, yeah, the so the interesting game there for many reasons is at San Antonio because right. San Antonio the, that will be their chance to finish out the season undefeated at home potentially. That that could be the game that decides two records. Right. The undefeated at home and the overall record and that game uh, is on NBA TV, Bob. Awesome. Actually, that, sorry, the, the uh, Spurs play two nights later against Oklahoma City at home. But still, point remains the same. Well, I think we only have one week left of the regular season, one brick house remaining before we get to the playoffs. And I've got Brendan working on some new drum and bass tracks for the playoffs. Oh, so yeah. Get excited for that and get some new segments up. But until then, we will be back with you next week. Follow us on Twitter at BrickHousePod, and you can always email us, either Bob or Matt, at BrickHousePodcast.com. And it's good to be back and through episode number 50. See you next week, Matt Baker. See ya. <laughs>brings you flowetry with flow when flow flows she flows in the no mind ruminates the rates shown them all i heed the call seeing the rest i choose the best sometimes it's ours sometimes it's not when the fox walks is it called a fox trot that's a real question Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.